What's up, guys? Did you guys see that they're going to do a sequel to the original Exorcism movie? It's insane. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Put some out official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on X. Peace, guys. Later. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. UFC 293 just happened. What do you guys think of it, man? It was a great card. Great card. You can't tell me it wasn't. Again, I don't know if it was worth the $80. I did end up getting it, but that's because I need to talk about it. But I don't know if it was worth the $80. That's just how I feel, man. I don't know what else to tell you guys. I don't know if you would agree with me. Be like, this guy's absolutely out of his mind. I don't know. I don't know. Let me start off with it. Yep. 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 Hold on. I also want to try this. You guys hear me? Do I sound weird? I think I sound pretty cool. But anyway. How about this one? This one's pretty weird. I know. I know. I got I, 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 I got it. You know what I should do when um when I want to put an emphasis? I should um use the other one. But when I want to make something sound funny, I should use this one. That's my opinion, right? I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. But anyway, how are you guys feeling? You guys good? I hope you guys are good, man. You guys are awesome anyway. Let's get into it. First of all, we're going to talk about TKO Holdings. If you don't know, that's the official new company that will feature the merger of the World Wrestling Entertainment and the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Let's go to Bleacher Report. They have all the details for us. WWE UFC officially merged form TKO Group. Vince McMahon loses majority control. Never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd see the day. Vince McMahon no longer holds majority control of WWE Endeavor. Officially completed its majority stake purchase of the wrestling giant Tuesday, merging WWE and UFC to create TKO Group Holdings. Shares in the company began trading at the New York Stock Exchange with the opening bell Tuesday opening at a price of $102 per share. Endeavor owes 51% of the newly formed company. McMahon's own 16.4 of TKO under terms of the deal. Endeavor agreed to, to deal to Endeavor agreed to a deal to acquire the majority stake in in WWE in April. The deal placed a 9.3 billion valuation on the world wrestling on the world's largest professional wrestling company. As part of the deal, Endeavor agreed to spin off UFC and create a 21 billion combat sport behemoth. McMahon has owned a, and has owned a controlling stake in WWE since purchasing the company from his father in 1982. The 78-year-old transformed the business, taking it from a regional base and turning it into a national phenomenon. The creation of TKO marks an exciting new chapter for the UFC and WWE as leaders in global sports and entertainment, Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel said in a statement. Given their continued connectivity to Endeavor to Endeavor Network, we are confident in our ability to accelerate their representative growth and unlock 
long-term sustainable value for the shareholders. With UFC and WWE under one roof, we will provide an unrivaled experience for more than a billion passionate fans worldwide. While there have been ebbs and flows, McMahon has found a way to stabilize WWE and ensure it remains on top of the sport. Atop of the sport. The 1990s challenge from WCW provided fierce competition and AEW ascent over the last decade has done the same, but WWE is far and away the most far and away the most valuable promotion on the planet. Okay, but okay, this is I already knew all of this. What I want to know is what changes. Are we going to get the pay-per-views? Like, are you going to put, is there not going to be called no more premium live events from WWE? Are we getting another streaming platform? You know what's interesting? But as I was getting prepared to do this, I'm like, there's no way. Endeavor has its own streaming platform, but they, I don't understand what it does. Because like, let me see. Here it is. It's called Endeavor Streaming. And this is, this is their who we are page. Our purpose empowers brands, content owners, and creators to build a scale, dynamic, and profitable direct-to-customer streaming business. And I know what you're saying, Adrian. Just because it has the word streaming in it doesn't mean they're going to go into the streaming game. They could. Look at Disney. Look. look. When did Disney Plus launch? 2019. How long is Disney? Dude. But the reason I don't think they would, Endeavor would do that, even though it'll give them access to a library, it'll give them all the UFC's content, which includes Strike Force and all that stuff, because they have UFC Fight Pass. If they do that, it gets rid of Fight Pass. And plus, the ones forking up the money would be Endeavor. And that's just not a smart business move. Whereas if they stream it somewhere else, that's another ream of revenue stream of revenue that they're getting. I said ream, what the fuck does that mean? Anyway, that's another stream they're getting. Look, it's all known that they owe ESPN X amount of dates. If they match that quota, they get a large sum of money. So it's not a smart business move for Endeavor to finance their own streaming service. They could, but I just don't see it happening because it's not a smart um business move. But I, w- I would like to know because there are rumors that they'll probably put um, WWE on the same streaming network as the UFC. So as it stands right now, it would be ESPN. But I also heard another rumor that Disney wanted to try to get sold to Apple. I don't know how true that is. Can you imagine if Apple buys Disney, it'll get Disney Plus, all the movies. That'd be nuts. Look, this is from... Uh, we'll get into the fights. I know that's why you guys came here. We'll get into the fights. Apple buying Disney would be a storybook ending to for eager, but fairy tales aren't real. <laughs> about 10 years ago, I, I invented a rule about covering mergers and acquisitions that still hasn't failed me. Here it is. Will Apple buy into your company or no? Almost. Apple almost never buys name brand companies. Its largest takeover was the 2014 $3 billion deal. For Beats Electronics, Apple is strict about its culture and its focus. While Microsoft has acquired its way to increase sales, buying Activision Blizzard, LinkedIn, Nuance Communications, and other companies for more than $5 billion, MA isn't in Apple's DNA. I mean, if Apple won't do it, can you imagine? Well, I want to know how much Apple... What is Apple TV's... um, What's Apple streaming service? I called it Apple TV. Oh, Apple TV Plus? I guess this is what I want to know. Isn't this? 
The analysts estimate that Apple TV Plus accounts for just 2% of Apple services and revenue, and that the streaming service has a revenue of $1.5 billion in the calendar year of 2022, going to $2.2 billion in 2023. And okay, listen, it only accounts for 2%. That means the iPhones, the computers, the watches, Apple doesn't need to buy Disney Plus. Uh, they already have an exclusive deal with Messi. And I know I'm, this is turning it. How long have I been going? If I've been going more than five minutes, this will be the last thing I talk about this and we'll move into the fights. It has been 12 minutes. Holy shit. Okay, last thing. And then I promise we'll talk about fights. Um, they have a deal with Messi. So it's not like they're hurting for money or want to grow anymore. You know, so I don't know if they, Apple would end up buying um, ESPN. But then that puts the UFC in a pickle, right? Like not even not even the UFC, just Endeavor as a whole, because that's where the UFC is getting most of its money. And then if they go with that with WWE, that we're gonna have Disney put WWE on ESPN as well. You never know. I also heard Amazon is trying to get a piece of the WWE action. We shall see, man. But you know what I do find funny is that people said that oh, AEW, AEW will kill WWE. That's just not the case, bro. WWE is in the league of its own. It's good. It's good talent. Like MJF said, dude, we all want everybody to succeed because that way we all make more money. The more competition there is, the more need for talent, and the more these companies will fork up big bucks to keep the talent. Okay. Getting into fights now. I am so sorry I went on a tangent, guys. But we're going to get into the fights right now. UFC 293. Sean Strickland defeats Israel Adesanya 49-46 times 3. Alexander Volkov defeats Taito Ivasa Ezekiel Choke. Manal Cobb defeats Felipe Dos Santos 29-28. Justin Tava defeats Austin Lane or Austin Lane. Tyson Pedro defeats Antoine Tukashi, Tukulaji, sorry. And Carlos Omberg defeats Dan Jung, Dan Ung. I want to talk about Carlos Omberg for a second. This guy's the man, bro. I want to see if he has a ranking. Let's go check. This guy is the man. It was like heavyweight, right? He still doesn't, but it's interesting because he called out Dominic Reyes. Let me see if I can find something on Carlos Omberg. He wants to fight Dom Reyes next, of course. The last time we saw Dom Reyes. Carlos Umberg explains UFC 293 call out of Dominic Reyes. He's been in there with John Jones. So it's like a respect thing for him. Carlos Umberg is on a roll and he told the world Saturday exactly who he wants next. Following his UFC 293 over Dan Woon Jung by submission, Umberg name dropped former UFC title challenger Dominic Reyes as his in-cage call-out. The ass was met with mixed reactions from fans online, but Omberg later said the matchmaking would make sense in the world. I like it because he's been in there, Omberg told MMA Junkie and other reporters. He's been in there with John Jones, five rounds with John Jones. We know when, huh? I don't know what that means, but that's what that says. I think that would be a step up big time. He's number 13 right now. That's what, That's the spot I want. Reyes 12 and 4, 6 and 4 in the UFC has not competed since November when he was knocked out by Ryan Spann. The defeat was his fourth loss, fourth loss in a row. Reyes 33 has largely largely remained out of the public spotlight in recent months outside of social media posts in which he expressed optimism about his career. I mean, it's weird, right? Because Dominic Reyes, like, 
by razor thin margins, he would have gotten his hand raised. And then after that, it's like the Jan Blakovic fight was bad. The Yuri Prohaska fight was bad. Who did he fight after that? Because he ended up fighting Ryan Spam, but in November. But who was his fight after? No, well, that that is the four losses, right? It's John Jones, Blakowicz. No, nah, he fought somebody else. No, Yuri and then Ryan. Yeah, I got it. 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 Okay. And yeah, those last three were horrible, man, because they were like stoppages. Like the Jan one was bad. It was a bad, like, not a bad stoppage. Like it was an ass kicking by Jan. Yuri? Yuri is just a wild man, and then Ryan Span just made his, he had his way with him, man. It was nuts. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know if Reyes will take the fight. I don't know if he's taking a break. I don't know if it's that, that John Jones lost haunts him so much, bro. I feel bad for him. Justin Tava versus Austin, Austin Lane. That was a crazy fight. And there was an eye poke again. Remember the first fight ended in an eye poke? There was another eye poke. It was like, dude, not again. Okay, let's move on to the co-main Alexander Volkov versus Tai Tuivasa. I knew this was going to be a hard fight for Tai. What do you do with him now? Let's see how many losses he has right now going for him. And the good thing for Tai is he's he's like a fan favorite. So they don't usually cut a fan favorite. He's on a three-fight losing streak, but let's see who he lost to. Cyril gone. There's no name in that. Is Sergei Pavlovich the good one? There's Sergei Pavlovich and Alexander Volkov. I mean, these guys don't suck, bro. It's not like he's losing the cans. They don't suck. And the this Volkov one, it was competitive, and he knocked down um Cyril in the in their fight. I didn't see this one, the Sergei Pavlovich fight. I didn't see that one, but. It must have not been competitive. It lasted about a minute. But we'll see what's next for Ty. Manal um, Cop versus Felipe Dos Santos. I mean, that's funny, man. Remember I told you that Israel's like, I'll eat this guy alive, blah, 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 blah. And then Manal's <laughs> like, hey, man, what you going to do? You got to worry about Sean over there. Don't worry about me. Worry about Sean. So he wins, right? Manal Cop. And then he calls out Kai Kara France because to him, Kai Kara France faked an injury. And the reason Manal is so upset about that is because Kai Kara France is number five, okay? Manal Cop is number eight. So if he would have beat Kai Kara France on Saturday, he would have been top five. And then it's Brandon Royval, Amir Albazi. I don't even know why Davidson Figueredo's still here. They should just take him out. And then Brandon Moreno. So I do understand why he's upset, but he did say in the cage, I want to fight you next. And then he had a homophobic slur with, they had a, quite a bit of a problem with that. And I don't think that, I don't think that's okay. It doesn't matter where you come from. Like even if Connor or Nate or Nick were to say it, it's not okay because they're in a pro- place of professionalism. And a lot of people look up to them and I know we're like, well, I didn't sign up for that. I'm like, I do understand that, but you guys put yourself in that position. So, Certain things are expected of you. Like, come on, man. Don't be saying those type of things. <sighs> now, Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya. Remember, I told you guys, Sean can win this fight. The Abbas Namagomedov fight proved that to me. The way that guy was fighting, nobody can beat that version of Sean Strickland. And that Sean Strickland showed up on Saturday, okay? He showed up. And here, the the thing that I took away from it was either Izzy took him lightly 
or because he got his bell rung in the first round, like that took all of Izzy's confidence away. Because there is a case that you can give Sean all five rounds. I gave Izzy the second round watching it. I got to go back and watch it again and make sure I stay with that second round. But you can't make the case that Sean won all five rounds. He does the Nick and Nate Diaz style that I love so much better than they do because Sean checks kicks. He stands, but it's always pressure, pressure, pressure. Bam, bam, bam. Like he's always in there, man. And I told you guys he could win this fight. Things just have to happen. Now, I want to go and look at this article. Teddy Alice offers theory on Israel Adesanya's 293 fall to Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland was in the middle of one of his rants during UFC 293 fight week when Teddy Alice voiced a thought. You know what I said? I said, maybe, just maybe, crazy like a fuck, as they said on the post show for the Sunday pay-per-view event. Strickland upended the UFC middleweight division with a unanimous decision over Israel Adesanya. He was high as a plus 600 underdog to defeat the two-time middleweight champion. But the shocking thing about it was he didn't struggle much to wrest the belt from the last style bender, who was soundly outstruck en route to a 49-46 court card for the challenger. As loud as Strickland was outside the cage, inside he was methodical and effective. We all knew that obviously Izzy was the more dynamic talent here and a different kind of striker, almost one in a millennium, Alice said, almost makes you think about Anderson Silva, guys like that. That kind of pure ability to make his own music, as I was saying yesterday. But that guy kind of pulled the plug out of the music and really cut off the music. And he did it in a simple way, in a conventional way, in a basic way. Okay, here's the thing. This this comparison to Anderson Silva, I've ha- I'm I'm done with it. Okay, because I can't deny you that Israel's a good fight. He's a great fighter, but he never had that air to him that Anderson had. That you hold your breath like Anderson's about to clock this month. Like I never got that from Izzy. I don't know if it's the Yoel Romero fight that turned me off from that, but I've never got that from him. I, I start I started like. That got away from me after the first um, Marvin Vittori fight because of the way Izzy was talking. Like, it turned me off from him because he was saying that he was going to go in there and destroy it, and then he went for the takedown. It didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Now, Izzy can now grapple me for sure, for sure. But, like, he was talking like that. But then when Anderson went in there and started clowning around, you knew, like, once he made the guy miss and he cocked him, like, it was like he was fighting in the Matrix. So, like, this thing of... Having Izzy compared to Anderson, to me, I, I never understood it, and I don't think I ever will. To me, right? But let's continue. Where did I go? Basic is good sometimes. He did it with the jab. He set the table with the jab, and he ate with the right hand all night long. As far as his defense, he didn't forget about that. That was his offense. Very simple, not complex, but effective. Efficient, effective. But his defense, just stepping out of range, just controlling the range, being calm in an uncalm environment, and just getting a little out of range, a little bit back in, not too much out, just enough to make him miss, and then close enough so he could come back with the jab and control and dictate the greatest thing about him tonight. He was steady. Sometimes steady is better than flashy, better than fast, better than electric, you know? No music tonight. It was quiet. Adesanya suffered his second loss as a middleweight and succeeded the UFC title for the second time in one year. 
Strickland dropped the champion cleanly in the first round, coming seconds away for, from stopping the fight. Adesanya recovered, but he never was really able to get back into the fight. UFC President Dana White called for the immediate rematch between the middleweights and was at a loss at what happened to Adesanya. Rather, it was a simple matter of missing fundamentals. That's another thing. To me, Izzy doesn't deserve an immediate rematch. Now ask me why. Ask me why. Why, Adrian? Tell us why. I'm glad you asked that. I'm going to tell you guys why. Because he barely won it in his last fight, and he hadn't defended it. And two, the, the Alex fight, he was winning. Like, if he would have, like, just coasted that fifth round and not really engaged Alex, he already had four rounds to zero. And then, like, because he didn't want to make the fight boring, he engaged Alex and then left openings for Alex. But the UFC is going to give him the title shot because he generates money. I'll tell you that much. He generates money because they're not going to give it to Aljo because one, they paid Israel a lot of money. Like Israel's got a nice contract. I'll tell you that much. I don't know what it's worth, but I know it's one of the highest contracts the UFC's ever forked out. And they know he sells and they have a promise to go to Sydney, I believe three more times within the next few years. So they're going to want a champion from that region. I know you're going to say they have Volk, but the more champions they have, the more likely they can do more events there, more business. And we're going to get more into that on Wednesday. No, no, no. We'll get into it later. Like, we'll, we'll talk about what's next. And I'm going to try to reach out to managers and see if I can get some info for you guys. Okay, let's continue. In boxing and in my world, we would have been saying Adesanya needs to put his left behind the right, Alice said, because you can block so many. But then if you put enough together while the guy's handcuffed, you can get hit. You can get to him because when the guy's blocking too, he's handcuffed too long. He can't do nothing and eventually you get through. He didn't put an extra punch together. And I'm talking, I'm taking nothing away, obviously, from Strickland. But that helped a little bit. And one other thing about Strickland is he doesn't beat himself. There's something to be said for that. He's changed. I was even saying in my podcast and I was even tweeting it out during the week. He's changed where he's changed. He made transitions where he's not the caveman no more. He's got that club, but he don't got the torch no more. He's got a flashlight now. And with that simple tool, Strickland pulled off the biggest title upset in middleweight history, according to the post-fight show broadcast. I mean, and like you, like what he did, in my opinion, was way better than what Matt Serra did because they knocked them out. Like they were losing, and Matt Serra caught GSP. Um, Holly Holmes was just having her way with Ronda and Ronda left an opening and Holly just knocked her out. But what Sean did, there's no way you say that's a fluke because it wasn't a flash knockout. He had his way with Israel, according to the scorecards, for 20 minutes, okay? And again, I don't believe Israel deserves an immediate rematch for the title. Here's what I think they should do. Now, if you guys take anything away from this podcast, please take this away. In my opinion, this is what they should do. The big fight, the big fight we all want to see is Israel Adesanya versus Drickis Duplices. Why don't you guys do that fight for the number one contender? And I know what people are going to say. Well, they're going to want to put headline them. You can put them on pay-per-view and headline them like that. They've done it for Nick and Nate. For Nate. They did it for Colby and Masvidal. You don't think... That fight itself, if you build it right, that fight, because those guys have talked so much smack about each other, you can put them on a pay-per-view and you don't need a title. Like, the, the UFC is starting to move in that direction that 
the titles are starting to become irrelevant pertaining to some fighters. Israel fits that mold because he's so popular. People just want to see him fight. He doesn't need a fight for a title. Probably wants to. Probably wants to. But this is what you do. This is what you do. You put Israel and Drickus on a card. You either have them in the undercard. You can build a pay-per-view around that fight. Build a pay-per-view around that fight and people will watch it. I guarantee you people will buy it. Just stack the card like you did with the BMF belt because they always stack those cards. I mean, look, you did it for Justin and Dustin. You're going to tell me you did it for the BMF belt. I understand that. But Israel is bigger than the BMF belt at this point. George is bigger than the fucking belts at this point. Nate, Connor, all these guys are bigger than the belt. Their name carries more weight than the belt, right? You put that Drickis versus Adesanya fight on a pay-per-view by itself or put them on the undercard. And we look at Kahlo, I was going to say Kahlo Costa, Paulo Costa versus Hamza Chimaev. And that's taking place in October. Look at that as the number one contender. If you want, do this. This was my original idea. You give the title shot to the winner of that. Then you go and you talk to Drickus and Israel. Be like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. So the winner of Hamza and Paula will fight Sean at some point. We want you guys to be the co-main event. You can make it five rounds because you've done it for Nick and Nate. Where they're not even that. You've done it for Dos Anjos and Moicano. All right. So you put them as the co-main and then you put Sean and the winner of Costa and Hamza as the main event. That's what I think they should do. That's only my opinion, but I will leave it there. Peace, guys. Later. Make sure to follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore P-I-T-M on X.